Day six of Totus Tuus's Novena to Mary, Mother of Our Faith, with Papa Francisco's encyclical, Lumen Fidei, The Light of Faith. The one who has opened the love of God, who has listened to his voice and has received his light, cannot keep this gift to himself. Since faith is listening and vision, it is also transmitted as word and light. Speaking to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul used precisely these two images. On the one hand, he says, animated though by that same spirit of which it was written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. The word received becomes response, confession, and in this way, resonates for others, inviting them to believe. On the other hand, St. Paul also refers to the light by reflecting as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We come to be transformed into that same image. It is a light which is reflected from face to face, just as Moses bore in himself the reflection of the glory of God after having spoken with him. God has shone in our hearts, so as to make shine the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The light of Jesus shines, as in a mirror, in the faces of Christians, and thus spreads, thus comes an end to us. Because we also can participate in this vision, and reflect his light to others. As, in the liturgy of Easter, the light of the taper lights so many other candles. Faith is transmitted, so to speak, in the form of contact, from person to person, like a flame is lit from another flame. Christians, in their poverty, plant a seed so fruitful that it becomes a big tree and is capable of filling the world with its fruit. The transmission of faith that shines for all peoples of all times also passes through the axis of time, from generation to generation. Because faith is born of an encounter which happens in history and illuminates our pathway in time, it must be transmitted down through the centuries. It is through an unbroken chain of testimonies that the face of Jesus comes to us. How is this possible? How can we be sure of attaining the true Jesus down through the centuries. If man is an isolated individual, if we wanted to start only from the individual I that wants to find in itself the security of its knowledge, this certainty would be impossible. I cannot see by myself what happened in an epoch so far distant from me. However, this is not the only way in which man knows. The person lives always in relationship. We come from others, we belong to others. Our lives become larger in the encounter with others. And also our own knowledge, the very consciousness of oneself, is of a relational type and is tied to others who have preceded us. In the first place, our parents, who have given us our life and our name. Language itself, the words with which we interpret our life and our reality, comes to us through others, 
preserved in the living memory of others. Knowledge of ourselves is possible only when we participate in a larger memory. It happens thus also in faith, which brings the human way of understanding to its fullness. Faith's past, that act of Jesus' love that generated a new life in the world, comes to us by the memory of others, of witnesses, kept alive in that unique subject of memory, which is the Church. The Church is a mother who teaches us to speak the language of faith. St. John insisted on this aspect in his Gospel, joining together faith and memory, and associating both to the action of the Holy Spirit, which, as Jesus says, will remind you of everything. The love which is the Spirit, and which dwells in the Church, keeps all the epochs united together, and renders us contemporaries of Jesus, becoming thus the guide of our pathway in faith. It is impossible to believe alone. Faith is not just an individual option which happens in the interiority of the believer. It is not an isolated rapport between the eye of the faithful and the divine you, between the autonomous subject and God. By its nature, it opens itself to the we. It occurs always within the communion of the Church. The dialogue form of the creed used in the baptismal liturgy, reminds us of this. Belief is expressed as a response to an invitation, to a word which must be listened to and does not proceed from me, and as such is inserted within a dialogue. It cannot be a mere confession that originates from the individual. It is possible to respond in the first person, I believe, only because one belongs to a great communion, only because one also says, we believe. This opening to the ecclesial, we, occurs according to the opening proper to God's love, which is not only a rapport between Father and Son, between I and you, but in the Spirit is also a we, a communion of persons. This is why the one who believes is never alone and why faith tends to spread, to invite others to its joy. The one who receives faith discovers that the spaces of his I widen and generate new relationships in him which enrich life. Tertullian expressed this effectively speaking of the catechumen, who, after the cleansing of new birth, is welcomed into the mother's house to lift up his hands and pray, together with his brothers and sisters, the Our Father, as one welcomed into a new family. The Church, like every family, transmits the contents of her memory to her children. How can this be done in a way in which nothing is lost and in which, on the contrary, everything will be deepened always more in the heritage of faith? It is through the apostolic tradition preserved in the Church with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, that we have a living contact with a founding memory. And that which has been transmitted by the Apostles, as the Second Vatican Council affirms, embraces everything that contributes to the living of a holy life and to the increase of the faith of the people of God.
and hence in her doctrine, in her life and in her cult. The Church perpetuates and transmits to all generations all that she herself is, all that she herself believes. Faith, in fact, needs a setting in which it can be witnessed and communicated, and which corresponds and is proportionate to that which is communicated. To transmit a merely doctrinal content, an idea, perhaps a book would suffice, or the repetition of an oral message. But that which is communicated in the Church, that which is transmitted in its living tradition, is the new light which is born from the encounter with the living God, a light which touches the person in his centre, in the heart, involving his mind, his will and his affectivity, opening it to living relationships in communion with God and with others. In order to transmit such a fullness, a special means exists, which brings into play the whole person, body and spirit, interior life and relationships. These means are the sacraments, celebrated in the liturgy of the Church. In them is communicated an incarnate memory, tied to the places and times of life, associated with all the senses. In them the person is involved as a member of a living subject in a fabric of community relationships. As such, if it is true to say that the sacraments are the sacraments of faith, it must also be said that faith has a sacramental structure. The awakening of faith passes through the awakening of a new sacramental sense of the life of man and of Christian existence, showing how the visible and material open up towards the mystery of the eternal. The transmission of faith occurs in the first place through baptism. It might seem that baptism is only a way of symbolising the confession of faith, a pedagogical act for those who need images and gestures, but which basically can be ignored. St. Paul's words with regards to baptism remind us that this is not the case. He affirms that, by means of baptism, we are buried together with Christ in death, so that like Christ, who was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a new life. In baptism, we become a new creature and adopted children of God. The Apostle then affirms that the Christian has been entrusted to a form of teaching, typos didakis, which he obeys with the heart. In baptism, man receives both a doctrine to profess and a concrete form of life that demands the engagement of his whole person and walks him towards the good. He is transferred into a new setting, entrusted to a new environment, to a new way of acting in common in the Church. Baptism thus reminds us that faith is not the work of an isolated individual. It is not an act that man can accomplish by relying on his own strength, but must be received by entering into the ecclesial communion which transmits the gift of God. No one baptises themselves, just as no one is born alone into existence. We have been baptised. What are the baptismal elements that introduce us into this new form of teaching? 
In the first place, the name of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, is invoked upon the catechumen. It offers thus, from the outset, a synthesis of the pathway of faith. The God who called Abraham and wanted to be called his God. The God who revealed his name to Moses. The God who, in giving us his Son, fully revealed us to the mystery of his name gives to the baptized a new filial identity. The meaning of the action, the immersion in water, which is accomplished in baptism, appears in this way. Water is both symbol of death, which invites us to pass through the conversion of I, in view of its opening to a bigger I, and also symbol of life, of the womb in which we are reborn according to Christ and his new existence. In this way, through immersion in water, baptism speaks to us of the incarnate structure of faith. The action of Christ touches us in our personal reality, transforming us radically, rendering us adopted children of God, participants in divine nature. It thus modifies all our relations, our concrete situations in the world and in the cosmos, opening them to his own life of communion. This dynamism of transformation proper to baptism helps us to grasp the importance of the catechumenate, which today, even in societies with ancient Christian roots in which a growing number of adults approach the baptismal sacrament, is of singular importance for the new evangelization. It is the road of preparation for baptism, for the transformation of one's whole existence in Christ. To understand the connection between baptism and faith, it can be of help for us to recall a text from the prophet Isaiah, which is associated with baptism in ancient Christian literature. Steep rocks will be his refuge, the water will be assured him. The baptized, delivered from the waters of death, can now stand up on the steep rock because he has found the solidity on which to rely. Thus the water of death is transformed into the water of life. The Greek text describes it as the pistos water, the faithful water. The water of baptism is faithful because one can rely on it, because its current enters into the dynamic of Jesus' love, fount of security on our pathway in life. The structure of baptism, its configuration as a rebirth, in which we receive a new name and a new life, help us to understand the meaning and importance of the baptism of children. The child is not capable of a free act which welcomes faith, cannot yet confess it on his own, and for this reason it is confessed by his parents and godparents in his name. Faith is lived within the community of the church, is inscribed in a common we, Thus the child can be sustained by others, by his parents and godparents, and can be welcomed in their faith, which is the faith of the church, symbolized by the light which the father draws from the candle in the baptismal liturgy. This structure of baptism shows the importance of the synergy between the church and the family in the transmission of faith. According to St. Augustine, the parents are called not only to generate children to life, but to carry them to God, 
so that through baptism they are reborn as children of God, receiving the gift of faith. Thus, along with life, they are given the fundamental orientation of existence and the security of a good future, an orientation which will be further corroborated in the sacrament of confirmation with the seal of the Holy Spirit. The sacramental nature of faith finds its highest expression in the Eucharist. It is the precious nourishment of faith, the encounter with Christ present in a real way with a supreme act of love, the gift of his very self which generates life. In the Eucharist we find the intersection of the two axes on which faith treads its pathway. On the one hand, the axis of history, the Eucharist is the act of memory, the actualization of the mystery, in which the past, as the event of the death and resurrection, shows its capacity to open up to the future, of anticipating the final fullness. The liturgy reminds us of this with its hodie, the today of the mysteries of salvation. On the other hand, there is the axis which leads from the visible world towards the invisible. In the Eucharist, we learn to see the depth of the real. The bread and wine are transformed into the body and blood of Christ, who makes himself present in his paschal pathway towards the Father. This movement introduces us, body and soul, into the movement of all that is created, towards its fullness in God. In the celebration of the sacraments, the Church transmits her memory, in particular, with the profession of faith. In it, it is not so much about providing assent to a set of abstract truths. On the contrary, in the confession of faith, the whole of life enters onto a pathway towards full communion with the living God. We can say that in the creed, the believer is invited to enter into the mystery which he professes and let himself be transformed by that which he professes. To understand the meaning of this affirmation, we think first of the contents of the creed. It has a Trinitarian structure. The Father and the Son are united in the spirit of love. The believer affirms thus, that the center of being, the most profound secret of all things, is the divine communion. Moreover, the creed also contains a Christological confession. The mysteries of Christ's life are retraced all the way to his death, resurrection and ascension to heaven in the waiting for his final coming in glory. It is affirmed thus that this communion, God, exchange of love between the Father and the Son and the Spirit, is capable of embracing the history of man, of introducing it into its dynamism of communion, which has in the Father its origin and final goal. The one who confesses the faith finds himself involved in the truth which he confesses. One cannot with truth pronounce the words of the creed without being oneself transformed by them, without immersing oneself in the history of love which embraces one, which expands one's being, by rendering it part of a great communion 
of the ultimate subject which pronounces the creed, and which is the Church. All the truths which are believed tell the mystery of the new life of faith as a pathway of communion with a living God. To Mary, Mother of the Church and Mother of our faith, we turn in prayer. O Mother, help our faith. Open our listening to the Word, so that we may recognize the voice of God and His call. Awaken in us the desire to follow His steps, going forth from our own land and welcoming His promise. Help us to let ourselves be touched by His love, so that we may be able to touch Him with faith. Help us to entrust ourselves fully to Him, to believe in His love, above all in moments of tribulation and of the cross, when our faith is called to mature. So in our faith, the joy of the Risen One. Remind us that the one who believes is never alone. Teach us to look with the eyes of Jesus, that he may be light on our pathway. And may this light of faith always grow in us, until we arrive at that day without sunset, which is Christ himself, your Son, our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.